Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's the Infectious Group Podcast, recorded at the 33 and 3rd Music Appreciation Center in Speakeasy, just outside of Detroit, Michigan. The Infectious Group Podcast is your source for jammy jams, music news, and the best in-depth music discussion. Now here's your host. We're back. It's season two of the yeah. Infectious Groove podcast after a uh, two-week Michelle-imposed break. <laughs> it was glorious. It's so similar to self-imposed Michelle-imposed. And uh, we have, in fact, returned from a uh, Michelle-imposed. We hung out just week. as much. We just didn't sit here and do this. That's correct. Yeah. So we, did, we did pretty much everything we usually do, except it was unorganized. And not of, recorded. Correct. Well, that's what you think. Uh, but I do have to say... And I know I told you guys some of this stuff, uh, you know, in the chat, but we had a ton of love and support while we were off, which was uh, ridiculous. I know I, when we went on break, I told you guys like my hope and dream was that we would return with cracking the 5,000 listens mark. And as of right now, we're over 5,300 listens as of right now, which is sweet. In how many countries? (laughs) She's got the new drops. Uh, Also, Michelle has some new audio drops. (laughs) to share uh did do either uh, of you remember how many countries we're in now 38 that's close 42 no actually that's close to the last number and that's closer but no uh 59 i can't name oh, 59 damn. countries so we, we've been listened to wasn't in it, it was countries. at 42 at some point recently wasn't it um i mean it must have been that's some, not what i meant there's some podcast podcast promotion site that always puts out a tweet that's like uh if if you can guess the closest number between one and 100 uh, you'll get free promotion in our next newsletter or whatever. And every time I guess 42, so maybe you saw that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> One day 42 is going to be right. So anyways, we are kicking off season two with a bang. Uh, we always talk about on the show, like we're um, fortunate enough to know a lot of touring musicians and folks who are in uh, some pretty high-profile bands. And uh, one of those folks who we're fortunate enough to call a friend and high-profile musician is here in the studio with us for the kickoff of season two. And that's Aaron Ruby, the bass player from the uh, Walls of Jericho. I, for some reason, I almost say God of Jericho, which is not even a thing. <laughs> that would be way cooler. 
brother. <laughs> you guys want to go back 22 years? And- Fuck it. <laughs> so anyways, welcome to the show from Walls of Jericho, Aaron Ruby. Yeah, welcome. you got to stop with that high caliber stuff, though, because it's not. Yeah, absolutely. Man. Dude, what's the biggest crowd you've played in front of? That doesn't really count. How That's does it not count? I feel like that counts. The biggest crowd I've, pl- I've played in front of is these people. Yeah, the so. big- biggest crowd I've ever played in front of would be about 38 people. Okay. <laughs> and I was doing covers, so... So what's the answer? Uh, I think it's about hundred thousand. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. Totally okay. not high profile. Yeah. But it's not. It's not like it's a festival. You know, it's not like my band brought a hundred thousand people. They might have. No. <laughs> <laughs> so we're really pushing your band. Yeah. <laughs> Thus concludes the. I'm not saying portion. it wasn't awesome. I mean, it was awesome <laughs> for sure. But I'm not gonna. I can't take that glory. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, well, I mean, you can. <laughs> we, we're only in 59 countries so far. It's not worldwide yet. Right. You can just take all the credit. I'm pretty you want. sure someone in all of our countries listens to you. So yeah, I would imagine so. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well. Well, we're counting on big numbers from this episode when we, we tag you. We have a big fan on, base so. in Indonesia. Oh, nice. That's super random and weird, but it's true. Don't huh. you have a big fan base in Europe somewhere? Yeah, a lot of places in Europe. Hmm. Right on. So, uh, having said that, we are going to have some fun talking about our favorite music venues, which we thought would be a cool topic here because uh, Aaron has a completely different view on that than we do. Well, I mean, you go to shows as well, but yeah, when you're doing the show, it's got to be a completely different everything from travel to the other bands to the fan interaction and whatnot it's got to be completely different than us just drinking beer standing in the audience watching it <laughs> yeah yeah I have, i'm sure i have a completely different picture than you do as far yeah. as that goes right on cool well we will get into that in in a minute um i always mention support at this time i always go on about you know instagram and twitter and all that and i'm not going to do any of that because kyle has some great news to share with everybody about uh, a new way that you can get a hold of us i would like all of you to go to www.infectiousgroovepodcast.com and then <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, have to, you will make that noise this when you this is reach the website. So yes, the website is live. Um, you, when you guys are hearing it, it's it's actually live before you guys are hearing it. But you guys don't know that um, it's a secret. <laughs> so if you happen upon it, then you'll find out a special secret that nobody else knows. But. Yeah, when you are listening to this, you can uh, go to our website, official website. Um, and the things we always talk about, like uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, ways to support us, all that stuff is all a one-stop shop. Yeah, it's all built in. Uh, you can access all of our episodes. You can access uh, our profiles about, you know. My favorite yeah. thing that I clicked on by accident was um, send us a message. <laughs> and I've said this on the show before, and I'm going to say it again. Every message should start with, attention, Michelle. <laughs> and then it'll go from there. Because that's going to be all the interaction we get <laughs> yeah so you can you can do anything that you want to know about the show um you, there's a link to support us through anchored through paypal you can also go to our patreon that is not set up yet uh, so <laughs> if you if you click on that link it's just going to go to an empty patreon page because we haven't decided what we're going to do for all of you yet but yeah it has everything that you need about us it has having to do with the podcast all in one place sweet so that is real 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 good news so uh just a small way that we advanced uh, with with our time off and we're live uh, yeah and the, the website is live so all right cool let's get into uh the same old uh segments we're used to doing music news what do you got kyle mm, some not so good news 
up front, which would be uh, Frankie Minnelli passing away. Yeah, this is another one of those things where every time I say an artist's age, Michelle goes, well, that's not that old, but <laughs> it's rock and roll years, too, you know, and he was 68, which yeah. I, which is quite a bit younger than some of the ones we've talked about, like Little Richard and some folks that have passed away what did he die more from? recently. Um, he had cancer, and when he was uh, diagnosed, he was only given six months to live, and he lived 18 months past that. Hmm. So Frankie Benali was like a really big ally for the metal community. You know, I mean, a lot of people just know him as the Quiet Riot drummer, but he was always a big fighter and uh, supporter of other acts and whatnot, which is always a good person to have in the community. So there was a big outpouring from the metal community when he passed, for sure. Uh, But there was... Some good news. There is good news. Um, they did catch a couple people that were involved in uh, the murder of Jam Master J. Which is awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's eight, been a long time coming. But 18 yeah. years later? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Damn. But I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's one of those things where when it happened, were you not just like, okay, where's the rest of this news? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, did you ever hear about, like, when he passed and everything? Like, it's lit- definition of wrong place, wrong time. Yes. Like, just, I don't even think 16? it had anything to do with him or the studio or anything. I think. It, it was just, I, don't, I don't think it, was, it had anything to do with him, for sure. But, like, it, it, I think it was literally just wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, 18 years later. Huh. They've gone and arrested a couple of people, which is uh, which is that's good like news. unheard of, like that long. Yeah, unless there is a podcast about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yep, very much. Uh, so we were talking with Aaron a little while uh, before, and we think the latest Walls of Jericho news was probably the last tour that you guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the latest news was a year ago. Yeah. So yeah. Well, and you know when you are touring and you're in a band and whatnot, and you get all these plans laid out, like. There's, you know, no one knew what was going to happen this whole year. So even yeah. if you guys had anything, we had plans for this year, but you know, that's this year's a wash. So yeah, it's all moved to next year. So we'll see what happens. Then. I like there was a more than a few artists like four months ago that literally were the first ones to be like, okay, let's just move this all to next year. And then there were a whole lot of artists like still hanging on, being like, like I saw major acts move their tours from like March to October, and I was like, that's. <laughs> like, what do you... Yeah, like, I didn't... I saw... I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know. The, the only the only show I had tickets for the rest of this year that I already bought tickets for was for Roger Waters, and he was, like, the first act that was like, okay, you know what? 2021, see you then. Yeah. You know? So, and that's pretty much your guys' plan is just to see... Well, we, we had a festival tour planned, um, some Europe stuff, and they all just just moved everything to the following year. Yeah. So, so they also don't want us there right now. So. Well, yeah. But at the time, they, it wasn't... I know. We weren't lepers yet. So. <laughs> so we'll see. It might not happen again. I don't know. I'm just yeah. I'm, if they tell me it's on, it's on. I'm ready. Just kind of going with the flow. I feel like that's always, always the way it is. You're just like, oh, I now I have to go on tour now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I feel like once those like because those tours because you guys almost always do all the big tours in Europe, right? Uh, yeah, a lot. Yeah, and so <laughs> those things are just like you're either involved or not like it's not something that you guys plan it's all planned and then it well it depends we will do like some package tour stuff where it's it's already a tour and their headliners are there and then they're just finding out the lower bands and we get invited and you you just plug a band in and then you go um like this year we were supposed to do a festival tour so we're just playing festivals on weekends and then during the week we're doing our own headlining off day shows nice um, which are awesome. We did last summer, and it was amazing. It was probably the best tour we've had in Europe in a decade. That's awesome. It was so good. I don't even know why. I mean, we haven't had a record out since 2016, uh, but it was it was amazing. We had tons of sellout shows. Uh, it was just 
Just the off-day shows well, were crazy. That's rad. Let me ask you this. I heard that the Dropkick Murphys did those virtual concerts for St. Patrick's Day, uh-huh. and they made like an obscene amount of money, like more money than they would have made playing four nights in a row. Uh-huh. Um, that's not sustainable, but is that something you guys have ever talked about, doing something virtual? No, because that's immediate. That's just taking all the fun out of what <laughs> we like. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's so sterile. And I get it. Like, playing is cool. But we like more the more than just the playing part, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's just taking everything else away, and then there's no crowd interaction, which we rely solely on crowd interaction. You That's know what, what I, mean? so I don't know the name of the guy from the Dropkick Murphys, but I listened to an interview with him, and he said that it was very strange. And they had, like, there's people in, like, there, like the janitor, and, like, some people there, and, like, two people, and they would just be, like, yelling and screaming, and they would, they would be like, you can you can stop that, though. <laughs> like, it's more embarrassing yeah. to have the janitor being like, yeah! <laughs> like four people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, they played yeah, a clip of it. Weird. It was well, even funny. with sports, they're trying to find, like, like, I saw the WWE is doing, like, the, where they have um, screens with fans around huh. and everything, so everybody's like trying something. But yeah. still, that there's and I've never done this myself, but there can't. There's got to be a major difference between like even that seeing a sea of screens and like actually like reaching out to high five someone or you know. Yeah, I mean, even playing a, a show where you can't see the crowd because there's no lights or something, like yeah. it feels weird. Yeah. Like or if uh, I mean playing an empty place sucks too. I mean that I mean we've we've definitely played the bouncers before at yeah. doors. You know we've had tours where they're just like fuck those guys. They go on at doors. <laughs> yeah, and we've done it, and it's uh, not cool. Yeah, and so it just even any sort of variant of that just isn't something you guys are no. down with. No, definitely not. Yeah, I feel like the bands that care, and I'm not saying this because you're here or of course of what you just said, but I feel like the bands that really really care about the fans like thrive on the interaction absolutely you know, that's it's a, like we've we've argued about this on the show ad nauseum but cell phones it shows the the artists that get mad about that it's because they feed off the energy of the crowd yeah and if a crowd's you know more than half the crowd's just sitting there staring at their phone or even you know taking video and staring at that instead of looking at what's happening on stage it's a bummer yeah. so i could see you know downgrading that all the way to them not even being in the same <laughs> room with you luckily um, what we're what we try to do is at our shows you couldn't really do that because you would lose your phone in a second because yeah. hopefully it's a sea of of whirling people yeah. and you can't stand still and hold your phone so we never really had to deal with that too much i mean yeah. there's been a couple people like in the front row doing this and we definitely fuck with them <laughs> and it's funny <laughs> um but that's just for our own amusement. I don't really care. I'm not offended. One of the funniest things that I ever saw, and I think you were there for this, was mm-hmm. at the Sebastian Bach show when he got really mad at that guy that was using his phone like mm-hmm. every two seconds. And so Sebastian Bach stopped the show and was like, "Yeah, it, shut up." <laughs> <laughs> but Sebastian Bach stopped Greatest the show venue. and he was like. I know it's really important to you to like get all these pictures that you're never going to look at again. So like, hold on, like we're going to stop the show and I'm going to give you like all the poses I do. So he would like, he was like this, <laughs> he was like leaning back and everything. And he was like, did you get it? Are you good? Like, cause that's uh, like twirl the mic for a minute, get a picture of that. Like it was, and uh, like, he was, he kind of way overdid it. And then he apologized for it later, which I think it should be the name of a book about Sebastian Bach. <laughs> he kind of overdid it and then <laughs> apologized for it later. But, uh, it's fine as long as you apologize after. Yeah. Oh, he did too. And he, totally fine. He, he Right. So, but anyway, so, well, that's good. Um, I mean, we, this, we repeat this over and over on the show, but hopefully we all get back to a situation where we can all be doing live music together and you guys will get back out on the road and yeah, keep kicking ass and doing those, like, those, like you said, those shows in between the festivals have got to be super sweet. 
They're super cool, and they're, they're like it's it's the best of both worlds, kind of when you go because the festivals are great, and it's really cool to do them, and you, it, it's a different experience, but it's not as personable, you know. Like yeah. you're not really getting up. I, mean, I try to get up on people anyway and jump on them if I can, but sometimes you can't. <laughs> well, and so when you play the smaller shows, that's like you've been kind of longing for that, and then you get it, and then you're like, oh, this is great, and then you go do the other stuff, and then. That's awesome, and then you. I want to get back and jump on people's heads, and then you go do that. <laughs> well, uh, you see how this is all wonderful. This is tying together because we're going to get into that uh, during the main topic, like the difference between playing different rooms and what we prefer and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we go to that, we have. Uh, I think. I think it was voted the all-time best segment in the history of podcasting. Yeah, I believe so. I think so. Yep. Our jammies. It's the return of our jammy jams. It's what we're listening to. And uh, one thing that I've been listening to a ton, which is not like a specific artist that I just want to mention, is somebody put me up on the fact that on the iHeartRadio app, there's a whole channel that plays the um, Casey Kasem countdowns, like uh, uh, 70s, 80s, and 90s. And uh, there, it's commercial free, and it's like unedited. It's exactly the way it used to air, and I grew up on that. So yeah, I've been, oh my lord! So I've how been do you go through that? Like, is it like do you pick it's a, it's a random, day? Random like, weeks and years. It's a, you just go to the channel. Like if we brought the channel up right now, it's just playing. Uh, like you could do the 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 week that I was born. N- no, it's, no, it's, it's constantly playing. streaming. Oh, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I get what you're saying. So like the other day, right before everybody came over to spin records, it finished like uh, the it was the the last week of. Uh, 1986, and then right after that, it started to count down from like 74, hmm. like just a random weekend 74. Oh, that's awesome. But if you know anything about me and how I'm always the guy that's like, you know, oh, did you know that guy played on that, ba- or you know, did that guy play bass on that song or whatever? Like it all comes from Casey Kasem. So okay. when when you listen to this stuff again, you know, when he's talking about this person is putting this out and next year they might do this tour with that person or whatever and then he'll play the song so it's not just like oh here's you know this band on this station and here comes 40 in a row without interruption you know like it's (laughs) he tells you everything about the acts and then like even before it's got where he used to do the commercial breaks but they're not you know they don't play commercials or anything so he'll be like when we come back we're going to play a band who's you know three members used to be in another band that also had a top 10 hit and so like you think about it for a little bit and then when he comes back he'll you know you'll hear the song start and he's like that's right this band used to be this band and then they got this guy and you know so I've been listening to that a ton so nothing specific but like everything that he plays I'm just like this is the greatest song ever you know just because of the intro that's and awesome stuff. you just dimed yourself out everybody you thought you were sweet and now they're just like oh he just recycles Casey Kasem stuff yeah. Yeah. I'm not, do the, he's not a genius at all I'm gonna do the long distance dedication to snuggles um, but my uh, my son though got in the car the other day and I was like you gotta hear this like this is what I grew up on in like 10 minutes down the road he was like this is the coolest thing I've ever heard and I was like this is why your generation sucks you, know? <laughs> I was like, you guys don't have a you guys don't have a case of case uh, but anyways the two big songs because I always have at least one or two songs stuck in my head that I've been listening to lately could not be more different uh, <laughs> than, like could not be more different one is uh, In Your Room by The Bangles which I know a lot of people, like, I'm getting a, a sea of confused looks in the room right now. Like, most people know the Bengals for, like, Eternal Flame or uh, Walk Like an Egyptian. They had, like, a really rocking song called uh, In Your Room that came out that was, like, it was a it was a hit, but it wasn't nearly as big of a hit as it should have been. And I would have liked to have seen them, like, carry on 
with that sound. But instead, the whole band was like, we're so sick of Suzanne Hoff. So they just, you know, went their separate ways, like when this came out, which was a bummer. So I've been listening to that a ton. And then the other song that couldn't be any more different than that is I've been listening to um, Addicted by a Simple Plan. (laughs) That's a good song. It's a great song. And I hadn't heard it in forever. And we were in the car the other day. And as soon as it started, I was like, this is going to be stuck in my head for like a week. Because of course, it's catchy as all get out, you know. Yeah. So so anyways, that is uh, what I've been listening to and oh jesus i forgot to tell you this uh michelle <laughs> she she demands that i'd be super excited to hear her jamie jams michelle oh, okay. you can see the excitement on aaron's face what are your so jammy jams <laughs> so i was trying to think of that today <laughs> you, you, you were yeah, trying to think of what you've been listening yeah, don't, to don't take the two weeks off to think about it i can tell you what i've heard every time i've been around you or you even talk about music ludicrous. for the last two luda it's, yeah. been, it's been a ludicrous two weeks it sure has and i feel like it's, <laughs> it's been a very ludicrous christmas i can't help it like that was the only thing that comes to mind i literally have his uh just i put him on as an artist on spotify would you like to share the work story <laughs> No. Okay. Just, hey, everybody, don't play Luda in your office. Maybe, you know what, you can make that a blog post on the website. <laughs> he's uh, he's not family friendly. So uh, that's it's been a lot of Luda and a lot of uh, uh, podcasts, actually. It's right on. Go between the two. Right on. Uh, Kyle, what are your jammy jams? Uh, Notice I had to dial it way down. <laughs> it's been a lot of uh, poppy-ish, rap-ish uh, stuff over the past couple weeks. Um, Black Bear put out a new record, um, and so did Nas. The Black Bear record sounds very much like all the, the stuff that you hear of his on the radio right now. Mm-hmm. He's like mas- I think the last time you talked about him, you were like, he's going in that Yeah, he's, and he's mastered it. Like, he, I mean, so yeah. he started out by, he co-wrote Baby for Justin Bieber. Mm-hmm. So he's like mastered. Never the, heard the, it. Yeah, <laughs> mastered like the pop song, and that's mm-hmm. how his entire new record is. And I don't hate it. Right on. That's good. Um, and that's all that matters, really. right? Yeah. Um, and the new Nas record is awesome as well. Okay. So what's funny is the last couple of weeks before we went on break, you've very much shown your hand when you talk about what you're listening to. Yeah. Like you were like, uh, and then you <laughs> literally, was, I think it was last week. You were like, and Brandy put out a new record. <laughs> and I was yeah, like, that's when oh. I got scolded from Michelle talking about music I didn't like instead of what I did like. Well, so when you were like I've been listening to Black Bear and Nas there was like a swing up at the end of Nas and I was like hooray <laughs> the Nas record isn't good yeah suck. it's very much like his older stuff it's uh, I don't know I just I kind of like anything that Nas puts out because he's an awesome lyricist yeah I don't think he's ever done anything I haven't really yeah and it's it's very much it's right awesome on. and the whole record is hot yeah, it's called, uh, what his record is, King's Disease, uh, the Nas record. Right on. And then uh, the Black Bear one is Everything Means No... No, I lied, that's not the truth. Oh, no, that, is the, name which, of, that gonna... is the name of a song on the record, but it's also the name of the record, Everything Means Nothing. Okay. To round that off, there's also a rapper named, who formerly used the name Mike Stud that I probably mentioned before. He changed his name to Mike, period. <laughs> With a period, like just a period after Mike, I don't, I don't know why. Like it's, fun, yeah. It's it's fucking random because he's been that name forever. See, there's stuff like that where I'm like, don't make it hard on me to find. Yeah. So, like, if I go to Spotify, as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Type in Mike. Okay. <laughs> like, but, like, no, it's already hard enough for artists to get recognized right. as it is. You know what I mean? That's why I put the period. <laughs> <laughs> he has, a, he has a record He has a record called For the Homies. And it's uh, the number four and then the homies. Uh, the entire thing is Fire. fantastic. Yeah. Right it's on. just, yeah. It's it's like poppy rap, not like uh, not like Nas, but it's awesome. Right on. Family cool. friendly. No, <laughs> no, uh, none of uh, none of what I just listed yeah, off is family say, friendly. I was going to say, you're, you're more looking here for uh, family friendly, like this side of the table. A lot of, a lot of what this guy listens to. Well, actually, never mind. But, <laughs> don't listen to Luda. Yeah, the Luda. Don't listen to Luda either. Uh, so anyways, Aaron, you are with us. Uh, what kind of, I know you have music on almost constantly yeah always what have you been listening to uh so at home when i'm working in the art studio drawing and stuff i've been obsessed with ozzy which i have been for years now but specifically diary of a madman such a record and more such specifically side two has mm-hmm. been on constant repeat i don't that's even like the very least accessible side of that record like most people that love that record know like over the mountain yeah through and side two's side right two there. is it is hot. Like yeah. that's what, uh, so I've been on that quite a bit. And then uh, during lockdown, I discovered uh, Jonathan Taylor has he was doing a thing from his home from Duran Duran mm-hmm. oh, uh, yeah. just like ex- talking about his process of writing songs and things and uh, I've always liked his bass playing specifically mm-hmm. and uh, I kind of got obsessed with it and I've been listening to Duran Duran like crazy Hell yeah. since that. I think Duran Duran is crazy underrated mm-hmm. as a band like you know what I mean yeah. like people think of them as like a pop 80s thing and like those guys know their shit yeah. like they, they can play and most people don't know it. And I love it. Like, he was in uh, The Power Station, yep. I think, as well. Yeah, yeah, he's talked about that a bunch, too. His his songwriting, like, he goes into writing stuff just, I don't even know. I can't do things like that. Like, he thinks about things on so many different levels, mm. and it was it was really impressive. So that kind of got me Was it a podcast that you listened to? No, it was just him standing there. It looked right? like he's, like, in his living. Yeah, it's just like a YouTube thing. Mm. He's just standing there with the bass, like, bopping around, kind of goofy. And uh, but it's awesome. He's so knowledgeable, and I had would have never thought. There's so. a thing um, Paul Stanley's been doing too, and you always think of Paul Stanley as just being like the bombastic, you know. Yeah, front. I mean, I made a face as soon as you said yeah. it. Like, yeah. <laughs> so the but the Paul Stanley YouTube thing that he's been doing is the same thing as what you're talking about, right. where it's him, it's just him being a normal guy, like he's not yeah yeah, <laughs> you know, he's like not doing any of that, like it's just him being a normal guy and talking about like the construction of the songs and like not that kiss had any like grand songs but like he talks about like the like uh why they did the chord progression on this that or the other song and like why this bridge went there and whatever and it's you know you're like i can't believe i'm interested in what paul stanley has to say about this you know i mean every song has a process no matter how dumb the song is or how amazing it is there's a process for it to be written and if you care about writing music and playing it's kind of just interesting. Yeah, so. right on. So you've been digging into, like, was a lot of the Duran Duran material new to you no. through this or no? No, I had a neighbor friend when I was a kid who was obsessed with him. Yeah. So I had, like, at one time I probably had their first four or five records, like, mm-hmm. dubbed, you know, because it was yeah, like, yeah. back in record days. So I probably had it recorded them all. So I was real familiar with it, but I just kind of rediscovered things. Right on. 
Well, yeah, that's a uh, that's real good to be listening to Duran Duran and Ozzy at the same time. You know, yeah, cool. in, in, in Diary of a Madman and like Rio would have been out the same year. I would think eighty one, eighty two, same something era like that. for sure. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I would imagine when it came out, we've talked about this on the show before too. When it came out, I would imagine you would not be able to go to school saying you were a fan of. You know, you had to be in one camp. You were in the Duran Duran camp yeah. or the Ozzy camp, and it's great now to where, like, the world cares less and less, and you can just be like, yeah, I was listening to the hell out of both. Like, I'll make a playlist with Ozzy and uh, Duran Duran on it. Yeah, you know? but if you care what the world thinks anyway, you're kind of... Yeah. Well, yeah, but back then, though, when you're little, you know, you're yeah. like, oh, I really got to be concerned with what everyone thinks about this, you know? I mean, not me. I listened to everything I wanted to, so yeah. <laughs> fine with me. Uh, so anyways, all right, cool. Let's uh, move on. It's time for the Infectious Room Podcast main topic of discussion. And we still haven't gotten in trouble for any of those drops. So <laughs> Why would you jinx it? Uh, yeah, I know. Well, uh, the one when we did the tournament thing and I played all those yeah, purple Yeah, we didn't for that. As soon as we came out of that before, either of you were like, uh, hooray. I was like, are we going to get in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. So we're talking about um, our favorite concert venues. And uh, the reason why we wanted to do this is because, like I mentioned earlier, Aaron's got quite a bit of a different perspective on it because you've gone to you know, a bunch of shows like we have and venues of all different size, but you've also played venues of all different sizes so you have quite a bit of a different perspective on things from what we would as the people who just go yeah the first question i have for everybody and we'll just do this as a round table is do you have a preferred venue size like the ones i could think of were um club hall theater amphitheater arena stadium like do you when you go to a show would you rather it be in one of those than another or when you play a show would you rather it be in one of those than another well, yes. <laughs> All right, we're done here. <laughs> so if you're talking about... Redirect your honor. <laughs> which one? So uh, if you're talking about going to a show, uh, I'm old, and I prefer to go somewhere with fucking seats. <laughs> so I want to buy a ticket that has a seat that I can choose... And, yeah. and on the sit aisle, somewhere. probably, right? Probably in case I have to pee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, like I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather sit down and like if I'm going to pay to go to a show, I want the whole experience. Like sure. I want to be like overwhelmed by all the visuals and, and shit going on. So like arenas? No. Well, oh, yeah, whoa. maybe. I guess I, arenas could, or theater. I would yeah, say, I theater, say theater okay. to arena. Okay. Um, to to go to a show that I want to like see stuff like that. But then I I really like to go to shows with. Bands that I'm friends with that I've toured with, which oh, is definitely going to be clubs. I mean, that's why you brought me here because I do the shit. Well, you can't okay. bring me here for it and then fuck with me for it. Are you sure? Because I well, just did. All right. Well, then I can. Uh, I mean, I'll yeah. see you later. Yeah. I was going to say, well, that was Aaron. <laughs> we made it all the way through one question. <laughs> Thanks, Michelle. You're welcome. Um, no, so yeah, so like a five thousand seater theater to like a twenty thousand seater arena is pretty much your preferred uh, venue to take in a show. Yeah. Yeah, if I want to just like relax and like see like some cool stuff and just I can just sit there and watch it and not have to deal with being smashed into and all yeah. that kind of stuff. One thing I find is that and from just being in the online music communities is a lot of European fans get super mad that arena US shows are seated. Like that we have seats on the floor. Yeah. Because they're all general admission over there and I like I don't want that. I don't want general admission on the floor. Like I want to be, like you said, I want to be on the floor and I want to have my assigned seat, yeah. you know, and that's, that's how I want it. But I've been told over in Europe, man, they get like mad if it's assigned seating on the floor, even for arena shows. Like there's just not seats on the floor, which is crazy. I don't, the only general admission arena shows I've ever been to, I just stand back by the soundboard. 
because nobody else is back there. Yeah. And I was just taking the whole show. So what about you, Kyle? Like, do you have a preferred club size or like a venue size? I very much like the size of St. Andrews. Um, so I'd, that's, so I I'd say it's a, 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 a yes. like, I was going to say a big sweaty ass club, but yeah, <laughs> or yeah, I guess see, I would call yeah. for the non locals like there's the shelter underneath. Oh, that's that I would call that a, a club. The club, yeah, yeah. Uh, the shelter probably will fit two and a half, three hundred people, something like that. Yeah, you know, you've been there, right? Yeah, the it used to be like five or six hundred, and then they had like the deal with like the fire. Marshall stuff and yeah so it went down to like probably 300 or something yeah and then St. Andrews is probably closer to a thousand it used to be 1500 and then it probably went down to probably a thousand yeah well, and then the, this is a whole different show but then they charge you to sit upstairs now oh yeah like when yeah, you, like, yeah oh, I don't do that don't even, I very much ugh. like cramming myself like working my way from the very back to the very front if I can yeah but uh, the thing where you can't even Go oh, yeah. upstairs to sit without paying more. Yeah, than, yeah they're ro- those used they're to be the cheap off. seats. Literally, yeah. Yo, to, for sure. They used you didn't to be like twenty be bucks there. cheaper, and yeah. they were like, "You can sit down." Yeah, well, that's capitalism for you. Yeah. Find a way to turn something that used to be where you didn't want to be, and now you got to pay so, for it to uh, get there. I, I very much like a venue like that, but then I also like when we saw Garth Brooks at uh, Fort Field. He made me feel like we were so, in a tiny ass little area. Like I was going to talk about that with stadiums. Yeah, it, it's like, all up to the artist. Yeah, I totally agree. See, like the the comparison I can have for that is uh, like I've seen GNR in uh, whatever the state theater here in Detroit holds, probably uh, five thousand. No, I guess. three thousand. Three. I think. Okay, so I've seen GNR there, and then I saw him across the street at Ford Field, and Axl Rose does not have the ability to do what Garth did at Ford Field. Like, when we were at the State Theater, Axel made the people in the last row feel like they were in the front row. Like, it was probably the most appreciative I've ever seen him because they were down to the 3,000-seater, you know? <laughs> so he, he was probably like, damn it, what did I do to get here? Um, but it was probably the most appreciative I've ever seen him. And then uh, we saw him, like, a year later at Ford Field, and he couldn't have been less robotic. You know, like, it was just like, you know, because you know from playing, and I've always heard this, if you're playing a like a stadium or a festival, you can't see past the first couple of rows really anyways, right? Yeah, well, we play during the day mostly because we're not a big deal. So <laughs> during the day, you can Stop. see you can see a lot of shit. So you can pretty much see it. <laughs> um, which is cool, actually, because yeah. I, I, you want to play, you want to play in front of a bunch of people, so right. I'd like to see them. Yeah. So being just in front of a with... literal sea of people is amazing. Yeah. So I'd like to see it for sure. If well, it was at night, it would, I'd have been sad because I'd only see like the first 20 rows 20 of 20 rows and that's yeah. it. Well, that was my thing was maybe I, and I'm always trying to make excuses for Axel, but uh, maybe like if you can't see past the first twenty rows, there's no way to make a connection. But then again, Garth did it. Dude, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's crazy. I don't even so, know. Some people don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah, that's just, true too. You just get what you get that day. So yeah. I don't know. I feel like, well, with that tour specifically, I feel like GNR was like, and we'll cash the check, and you know, clear, yeah, cool, welcome to the jungle, goodbye. Garth, <laughs> uh, Garth gives a shit for every show. Yeah, so they, for everything that he does. So even when people fall asleep, he still cares. <laughs> there was a we saw Garth Brooks one time, and there was a lady asleep behind me. It was so embarrassing. I felt terrible for her friends. <laughs> and uh, Garth Brooks was still putting out an awesome show, even though this drunk woman had passed out behind us. I had a lot of tequila. <laughs> Why'd you have to hell yourself? <laughs> I didn't use any names or anything. I don't know. There was, I think there was a lot of drunk people at the Garth show, and no one was sleeping. 
Well, Weirdly he didn't enough. put on a good show, so. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about how he made 77,000 people feel like we well, were that was in a his small off thing. night. <laughs> you see saw him on the off night? Yeah. Did you? All right. Uh, before I take us to break. You didn't even um, ask me. Oh, gee, oh well, before I take us to break, Michelle, first of all, what's your, what's your answer to the question? Um, the smaller, the better for me, unless it's like you're packed in like sardines. Um, I saw the lone bellow in... Uh, you, you saw the heavy at the shelter once, I know, because you kept screaming, how you like me now in my ear. I did, but it was not packed like sardines. I don't remember what the name of the hall was, but I saw the lone bellow in the London. Oh. Mm. oh, yeah. And it was like, I feel like it was probably the size, a little bit bigger than the shelter, but there was like... 800 people in there <laughs> like I, you couldn't even get to the bar to get a drink you were just and it was just hot and sweaty like i don't like that unless it's outside i like an outside concert all day any day dte or i'm sure i would love red rocks or pine or an, um what is that freedom hill yeah for, uh, i always forget about freedom hill i haven't been there in like 10 years or so <laughs> yeah I yeah me neither I think I saw um, Ben Folds there it was last but like every concert I saw so it's not just localized to here like every town has an outside venue like a big uh, I just like to be outside <laughs> she just wants to be free. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's just so you can smoke cigarettes whenever you want. That's why you're right. That's why you're right behind that. For my <laughs> answer to me. this, yeah. before I take us to break, for my answer to this, like I, it's got to be an age thing or something. But I used to be in my younger years. I was like the bigger the better, and I, it was almost like. Um, like a badge of honor, like the band I'm seeing is like getting bigger and bigger and bigger, you know? And so like when my, the band I loved booked into the silver dome, you know, I was like the, my favorite band can sell 80,000 tickets, you know, yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. a big deal for me. But like the older I get now, I'm trying to catch bands more on the come up to just see them in like a club or a hall before the tickets become outrageous, you know, and you get to see more, at least in my, like I've seen a lot of bands over the past 10 years that I've seen in a, hall or a, a club situation and they put on a hell of a show and then you see them after they blow up and it's very automated and, and plus it's like 10 times the price yeah there's things that happen though when you're like a smaller band and you're doing clubs and you're doing good and then you're you're getting bring, brought up sometimes it happens real fast you know they come through one time and then six months later they're like oh shit these guys are playing like stadium now yeah. so you have to make it worth seeing you in the stadium. Yeah. So then you got to like, get all this production, and you got to get some some pyro and some videos and like some bullshit. So they so they th- they throw together a bunch of things and they put they put that on top of you. And so it, it seems maybe disingenuous sometimes. Yeah. Like it's not like this isn't the band that I knew. Like they didn't uh, do this yeah, show. They didn't care about it. this stuff. But you got to make it worth it. You want someone to pay 150 bucks to see you as opposed to 35. Yeah. Now you got to make it. You got a bunch of shit to look at. So then they put all this other stuff. So then it's not the same band anymore, even yeah. though they're playing the same stuff. So then it's a whole different deal. And that's so. before you worry about the production side of it, like uh, yeah. it, like it, like in ears and how the show's going to go and yeah. being synced with whatever's happening, pyro wise and all that. Yeah. So depending on what level you're going into, you're you're going to start talking about people with like choreographers and shit and like weird stuff. Yeah. And especially if they have pyro, there's choreographers because they have to know when to do it. And before you do it, you got to be out of the fucking way. Right. Like you do you have spots. a choreographer? No, we also don't have pyro. Yet. I would get a I would get a choreographer if we could have fucking pyro. If you want, Michelle <laughs> will just come and light, light stuff off. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I'll just light some sparklers. I can't even imagine how exciting it would be to be playing and have shit exploding behind you. That's, that's supposed to explode, like not accidental explosions. <laughs> not like the Spinal Tap drummer. No. <laughs> 
I mean, nice. yeah, like amps blow up and stuff. That's Can you kind put of... that on your rider? Is that a thing? Like, no. Must have shit explode. No, I don't think so. You, know, you I, can try it. I'll try. I will say that I did happen upon a bunch of old uh, concert footage of Marilyn Manson on YouTube. And when I was watching it, I, he was singing the same old songs he sings now. Mm. But I was like, God, Lord, why not me? Why couldn't I have seen him playing this tiny little club in L.A.? Yeah. Or whatever. And it's like, he's just trying so hard yeah. to, like, to become Marilyn Manson. And goddamn, is awesome. Yeah, I you know, and then well, there's other artists too who there are artists who when they get bigger they have like more production as far as like video screens and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But like adult contemporary people, like the one that springs to mind was we saw Adele at a place here called the Royal Oak Music Theater, which is what is you want to say that's probably five thousand people or something like that. Royal, I think it's smaller than that. I think it's two or three. God, I've only been there once. Um, I feel like it's the size of the state. No. I think it's a little bit smaller in the state. Mm. But yeah, we saw her there, and then we saw her, I don't know, way, four or five years later, we saw her at the palace, and like the only difference in the show was, you know, tacked on 15,000 people and a video screen behind her. And yeah. now, you know, believe it or not, Adele doesn't have a bunch of stuff blowing up. <laughs> <laughs> you she didn't actually set fire to the rain. <laughs> I know, I was so disappointed. <laughs> Damn it. When she didn't actually set fire uh. to the rain. I saw a tool last year. And it was awesome. I mean, they had crazy videos and screens and lights and shit. And like, that's that's a show that you pay a bunch of money. And you sit there and you're like, this is fucking cool as shit. Yeah. And um, I mean, if you could go back 20 years and see them in some shitty club somewhere or something, like it would have been. Yeah, I saw think them, of how uh, different it would have been. The, the only time I ever saw Tool was uh, on top of the Phoenix Center in Pontiac, which is uh, I don't even think it's active anymore, but it used to be a concert venue on yeah. top of the parking structure in Pontiac. Mm-hmm. That was the only time I ever saw them, and they were the opening act for someone else. It was a hell of a show. Yeah, I felt that way when I seen uh, Nine Inch Nails at the Palace. Yeah. It, like, visually, it was fucking amazing. But I, you know, to, to go back and see them at some small venue would yeah. have been just as amazing for different reasons. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, I am going to uh, take us to break, and then we're going to come back. Uh, unless Michelle's made you mad and you're leaving. You know? I, might, I haven't decided. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we're going to well, fight it out. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron might be with us. Uh, we'll be back. We're going to talk some more about uh, traveling for concerts and uh, places we would like to go and places people we would like to see and venue sizes and all of that stuff. So we'll be back in a minute. Are you constantly struggling with how to function in society? Do you need someone to make you laugh on occasion? Are you wanting to share your thoughts and opinions? Well, have I got a show for you. My name is Garrett, host of Garrett Talks to Himself, a segmented interactive podcast where I do all of these things. Head to anchor.fm slash gtth to subscribe wherever you listen. I'll be waiting. Welcome to Geek Exploration, the podcast. I'm John Williams. And I'm Ben Robinson. Do you like time travel? Movies? Video games? Comics? Sci-fi? Cartoons? Or how about action figures? Well, so do we. Every episode, we pick a topic from the geekosphere and have a little chat about it. So if you've been waiting for a groundbreaking podcast that does all of this and more, you might have what it takes to be a Geek Explorer. Come join us every other Tuesday for a fresh installment of Geek Exploration, the podcast. You can find us at geeksplorationpodcast.com or any reputable podcatcher likely a few unreputable ones and we're back we're talking about uh our favorite venues and uh traveling for shows and uh, the different venue sizes and everything about having to deal with going to other cities for shows and the places we like locally and the places we like elsewhere and we're doing it all with uh aaron ruby of self-proclaimed not so big band walls of jericho <laughs> it's, it's a fact man it's facts <laughs> So, so you just got to get out more. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, I have Spotify. I can find other people to listen to. Right? <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so before we move on, because I want to talk more about like um, nationally traveling and international travel for shows and all that, do each of you have a favorite venue like here in Detroit, either to go see shows at or to play? And we'll start with Michelle this time, so I don't, <laughs> so I don't forget you. Like, if you had to pick one venue to go see whomever that you're going to go see, where would you go? Pine Knob. So, do, but because of the outdoor thing? Yeah. No, she means pine up. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. So yeah, yeah, yeah. there's another new uh, sound drop. Sweet. Uh, so is it because of the just of it being an outdoor venue that I is just your... feel like you get I would much rather be on lawn with a whole bunch of people like sitting down and like I don't know I feel like there's much more com- camaraderie on the lawn than there is like if you're just at a show like on the floor just smashed into people who are not paying attention do you want to see the band or you just want to hang out with your friends both <laughs> oh you no it's, it's, it's much more the latter <laughs> hang out with my friends go to Heinz Park and hang out for free <laughs> on the lawn you might even find a hill <laughs> can you play at Heinz Park so I can go and hang out there? So, no. uh, moving over to Aaron. Oh, you're too big for Heinz Park. No. Do, you, do you have a... Uh, it doesn't do work for me, okay? <laughs> do you have a, a favorite venue you like to go to, and is it different from a, like a favorite place you either have or would want to play mm. here in Detroit? It would be the same, probably. Uh, I like going to Smalls, actually. Okay. Smalls I've never been. Cool. It's, it's small. <laughs> but it's it's good like it's i like the packed crowded stuff like how many people as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming i wish i had used indeed if you need to hire you need indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Cool. Ah, 200, 250, what? maybe something like that? Yeah. I don't know. That's tiny. Yeah, How do people have the token? So I've smalls. been to the token before. How is it bigger than the token? Mm, it's probably, it's comparable, okay. I'd say. Okay. Yeah, the token's got to be a couple hundred. I don't know. They they got that weird wall now. Yeah, it's kind of like been split in half. When we used to play there, we used to do Sunday matinees, and it was uh, before the wall. And I think they'd let like 400 people in there or something. Yeah. But it'd be packed. It'd be like I've been to more shit, than a few like over show, yeah. oversold shows at a uh, token. But that's literally the best. Sure. Like like when you can't move through a place. Like as far as playing wise, that's the best thing. When people literally just can't move. Yeah. And they're trapped and they have to watch you. <laughs> that's the best. <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> For me, I think, and mine has a caveat on it, but St. Andrews Hall, before they ruined it, uh, before they made it, like, all corporate and all that, like, I, that was easily the place I would love to see a band. Like, if it was, you know, either bands on the come up or bands on the come down, like, you know, like uh, somebody who was huge years ago, like Tesla or something, you know, being, like, having come down enough to play a place like that, I would love to see them 
there. Um, they've kind of ruined it now with it being so corporate. Like we talked about the charging you to get upstairs when like yeah. the upstairs is garbage. You know, they have now, nice bathrooms now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that shit yeah. was scary. When the before. men's room is in the basement. <laughs> yeah, well, when you have to piddle, that's the place to do it. I guess. Um, but so like here now today, like with everything in the uh, being the way it is, probably the Fox Theater. I saw some ridiculously good shows at the Fox over the past, like, five years or so. Yeah. Where did we see brand new that one? The yeah. Fox. Yeah, that was you know, an amazing saw show. saw them at the Fox. I saw Sturgill Simpson there. I saw Jack White there. I saw Prince there. Like, it was, and, and every show was great for different reasons. Theaters are awesome because they always sound great. Yeah, sure. yeah. Like, they, they sound way better than stadiums. All that mm-hmm. shit likes theaters. They're just, they're designed, you know, to sound good to be acoustically correct first you know time I, mean? I so. ever saw ozzy osbourne was on the no more tours tour in 91 at the newly renovated fox theater oh my god and i just remember <laughs> being like because on the news that morning they were just like oh boy like, <laughs> we, uh, like, you know they're just like you know we're gonna go live to jim who's in front of the fox theater that's opening and he was just like oh god oh you guys i don't know who did this like and i just that whole show i was just like man all this renovation is gonna go right down the drain you know uh but yeah yeah, every show that I've seen there in wildly different, like I say, I mean, what's it, Prince and Sturgill Simpson, wildly different type of music, and both of them sounded pristine in yeah. there. And like you say, that, that's what they're designed for. Yep. Uh, Kyle, what would you say is your favorite local venue? Uh, there's a, okay. There's I swear, a, I thought you were going to say DTE just to mess with her. There's a tie. Oh, between? Uh, between St. Andrews sure. and DTE. Um, I, used to, I used to be super against like outdoor venues when I was younger for some reason, just because I thought that they all sounded like shit. And that's not true. It, wait, it just were you just saying bad artists? Yeah, it just literally depends <laughs> on who's playing. Did you go see Aaron's band there? It's all right. I'll take it. You but, started this. Hey, I've actually played there more than once. Have you guys played there? No. <laughs> see, that's what we were saying. <laughs> Is it cool to play there? Uh, no, I don't know. Well, we played there one time on main stage. Okay. And it was at doors, so that was, was not it for, like, cool. Not fest? No, it was for what the fuck did I say? No, no. <laughs> uh, it was fest? no, it was for Family Values. Oh yeah, yeah. What year uh, was that? Uh, two thousand six. Where would you okay, have played okay. uh, second stage? Second stage, Ozfest and Mayhem. We played which which Ozfest? 2006 also. It was nice. a busy year. Right on. I can't remember the last time. But they're time not I that big of a band, so. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't worry about it. it. <laughs> Parking lot stage. But I technically, played at no technically stages. it was DTE, though. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there it's you fine. go. Yeah, I, so, what's your reasoning behind both uh, St. Andrews so just being like. I very much like being like just crammed in somewhere and seeing someone like up close like that. Because that's awesome, right? Yes, it's badass. Yeah. But I also very much like being able to kind of like spread out and go take a piss if I need to or, you know, go get a drink and not have to. Yeah. Mash my way through people, and I, like I seen Slipknot a couple times, Marilyn Manson a couple times, and Smashing Pumpkins at DT, and it, it, all of them except for Billy Corgan being a turd um, <laughs> have been fantastic. The best sound I ever had at DTE was, and I, I've seen some really cool stuff there. Uh, was uh, there was one time I saw Aerosmith, and they had a whole second stage set up on the lawn. And they did like ninety percent of their set on the main stage, and then uh, there was like some sort of instrumental track played, and they literally made their way up the stairway to the lawn, huh. like all five members, and did like a mini set in the middle of the lawn, which was sweet on the sympathy stage. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is but, that what it's called? It so, is now. <laughs> so, uh, but the best sound I ever had there was I was really concerned the very first time I got to see Roger Waters was at uh, Pine Knob, and with it being an outdoor 
outdoor venue and Pink Floyd being known for like pristine audio, I was really worried going into it. I was like, how is this going to like, how are they going to make the amphitheater and lawn sound as good as it's supposed to? So we get to the venue, we walk in and they literally brought quad sound for the amphitheater and for the lawn. Like up on the lawn, there was like a front channel and a back channel at the back of the hill and right and left. And yeah. same thing for the pavilion. Oh, that's and it sweet. was all time. So like when he was doing money, it was like ching, like oh, front that's badass, yeah. but the lawn got it timed exactly the same as the amphitheater. And I was just like, well, this dude's playing at a whole different level <laughs> <laughs> than I expected. Yeah. I, I would say sound wise, the best show I've been to is Nine Inch Nails at the Palace. Yeah, it was just because Trent Reznor is a crazy like, arena shows person. are they're hit or miss sound wise. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah I've seen some play, some shows at the Palace where halfway through uh, the song, I'm like, oh, that's what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> that's you know? not what you're going for. Though. Yeah, and then I've seen other shows where. You know, it, it, it sounds exactly like the yeah, record, yep. you know, or yeah. now, again, I'm pretty sure you're going to have a, a completely different answer to this uh, than, than we would as the, like, the fans who travel for shows. Yeah. But do you, like you, do you like traveling for shows, like, when it's work? Yeah. Oh, right on. Okay. Oh, I love, I, being on tour is amazing. Yeah? Even just sitting in a fucking van for eight hours is just cool. Yeah. Like, you're in a van with your friends. You don't have anything to do. So, touring is, like... Life stripped down. Mm -hmm. You have literally nothing to do except get to that show. Mm -hmm. That's it. You have we have one goal. <laughs> That's all there is. So there's nothing like nothing. There's nothing else that's concerned. Nothing matters. You may have to stop and piss and eat and like all like. But it, at the end of the day, you just have to get to the next place. Right. And that's all you have to worry about. You have nothing else. So all your little daily worries, it's nothing. You just get. Will the van make it? Yep, we're good. Yeah. And then you get to the show, and then you do your show stuff, which is not autopilot, but you know what you do. You get in, you load in, you do your stuff, you fix all the shit that's broken, because every day there's something broken. You fix it, and then you play the show, and <laughs> Reload you, the pyros. you break more stuff, and then you go. <laughs> do you have roadies? No. You're not, so you're not that famous, then? Yeah, we're not famous. <laughs> so, but what's funny is what you, what you point out as positives, I, most touring musicians I've spoken to, they, that's the negative for them, is like the all the time, all the downtime, and the hurry up and wait to like, you know, when you're on or, or whatever. Like, so it's interesting. It's re actually refreshing to hear yeah. someone say that they like that aspect. I guess it depends on what they want to do. Like, if they, if, if they want to just party and do that kind of stuff, then that's different like if you sit in a van for eight hours you you, you think if you want to read or like watch movies or like you there's some there's a lot of stuff you can do yeah because you don't do that every day so we just sit at home and watch movies well it's gonna be we're just hanging out like you want to go hang out on the lawn at a concert like i was hanging out with my friends in a van it's got to like be better now with yeah, yeah. with we talk about the dumbest shit I can and only imagine. entertain ourselves for hours laughing yep. about just the most ridiculous shit, and it's super fun. We, we did that, too. We called it a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you have a mobile podcast. For <laughs> sure. 59 countries. Yeah. <laughs> Let's us get us to 60 this week. Yeah, yeah. Indonesia's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> so do you like traveling for shows? Like if a band is coming that you like and they are only coming to Chicago is the closest they're coming, like do you care about going four hours to no, see that? No, I'll road trip for anything I don't care. Yeah. Is there a band specifically that you would absolutely travel anywhere to well, see? this year we were going to actually, my kids are old enough that they like shows. They like, I've been taking them to a bunch of uh, shows, mostly just bands that I know that I'm friends with, but I want them, I want them to meet them and experience, you know, see like the other half of what my life is like kind mm -hmm. of thing. And, uh, well, this year we had planned to go to a bunch of stuff. We were going to go up to Toronto to see Ozzy and we were going to go down to Cincinnati to see Maiden because they were doing that. 
I remember the name tour was now, but it was playing all old stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, there's no way I'm not going to see that. My kids love Ozzy and Maiden. I was like, we'll drive down there. I'll drive six hours to see a show for sure. Right on. You know, make a day of it. And so we had plans to see both of those. Luckily, we didn't buy tickets yet, but yeah, we were all, we were there. That's the big thing with this year. And I mentioned this before that I'm, uh, I feel fortunate about that. I had only mm-hmm. bought tickets to one more show. Yeah. Like when all of this went down, I'm certain there was a ton of other stuff I would have gone to. Yeah. But I had only bought the one set of tickets, you know, mm-hmm. and I can just sit on them until. You have another one. Next year. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had Cleo tickets, too. Yep, so. Well, I had Roger Waters and then also another show. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so, uh, so, Michelle, I know that, like, we've traveled uh, to at least Chicago to see other shows. I think the furthest away I've gone, personally, is Vegas, like, we've specifically to, to see a show. Baltimore. And, oh, uh, yeah. Baltimore is probably and, the furthest uh, away. Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, somewhere else in in Ohio. Yeah, well. You, the other C1, probably. Cincinnati. <laughs> and, uh, There's also Canton, but you uh, know, whatever. Uh, and then we've been to Chicago several times. Um, I rearranged an entire Europe trip to go see a band in London, so that cost $700, several, several hundred dollars. And I feel like you're, out, so. you're of the same mind I am that you would go pretty much to Red Rocks to see pretty much anybody. I mean, I want to know the band. I don't want to go see Walls of Jericho, but... <laughs> It's all right, you don't. It's fine. Stop! Salad. Supposed to get mad. But you be, you're not going to hurt my feelings. Like, to be fair, he didn't even know what Red Rocks was. So I, did. I had an idea, but I wasn't sure. So I think the furthest I've traveled, like on purpose to see a band, like I've seen a couple of acts in Las Vegas, but I went there specifically once to see a band. Like I literally flew in to see the band and then flew home the next day. Uh, where is the furthest you would travel to go see? like a specific band in the if u.s my finances allow there's like in, and i really want to see the band there's nowhere i wouldn't i love to travel no matter what and i would make a vacation around it so, so there's nowhere that i wouldn't travel to go see it as long about, as i could afford what it about you kyle now i know that you're kind of a package deal and you're going to go wherever she's going to go <laughs> that is but, accurate let, let's uh, imagine with me for a second a world where michelle didn't exist <laughs> so did you feel that weight that just we, lifted off of everyone's <laughs> Shoulder. Previously, I, I've been like a musically traveling baby. Like I, I, I've only I think the furthest I've been is like Toledo to see a show, which was awesome because it was in like the, it was in that bowling alley, a place that they converted into a music venue or whatever. But I've seen Social Distortion there and it was badass. Speaking of which, it's been three weeks, but I think it's called Headliners. I couldn't remember the name of the place. Yeah, okay. I couldn't remember the name of the place last time we brought it up. I think it's called Headliners. It was awesome because you could stand outside, and I had just like a case of beer that I was drinking out of in line outside, and then it, beer was super cheap, and we were super close to the band it was it was awesome but i i yeah if i could afford it and someone that i was playing was playing wherever i would i think that i would want to go go wherever yeah Yeah, there's i love traveling for shows because when you get into the city and you start seeing like other complete strangers with the band's shirt on or like license plates or stickers or whatever and you're like we're all here for the same reason you (laughs) know i will say that when when michelle and i were in uh new orleans Guar was playing directly across from our hotel. And like we, we could, could hear it. We like, could hear them playing and, and from, see them on stage through the back door. Right. And I'd very, very much want to just be like, fuck it and let's let's go just over go and see, see the show. Yeah. Yeah. In I, uh, a way, you blew it by not going over there. Yeah, no kidding. I, I feel like I couldn't get her to go. She's not, only, she's not about that life. Why would you not go the to see Guar? Even if you don't of, like Guar, it's just awesome to I, watch. It's not that I don't like them. The only thing I know of Guar is from Empire Records. When, uh, that's, no, when that's, no, that. that's nothing. You should just experience it. <laughs> that's a, yeah. We did experience it from <laughs> outside. Through the back door. Have you seen Guar? Yeah. 
Multiple yeah. times. We played with him a bunch of times. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> you should have got us in. <laughs> Call Guar. One of the buddies with him. I just we played with him. One of the coolest experiences I had, like going to another city, like where I said, where you so you start to see like the personalized license plates and T-shirts and stuff, and you know you get that like oh, we're all here to see that band. Is I went in 2006. I drove li- drove to Manhattan and drove back in uh, in two days to see GNR, and we were at like a. TGI Fridays or something like close to the venue. It was right in Manhattan and uh, it was like a theater called the Hammerstein Ballroom and like we're at this like TGI Fridays and it's just like a bunch of families and stuff and uh, everybody's being like real quiet like you do in a TGI Fridays and so <laughs> I walked over to the jukebox and played just a, a whatever GNR song and like the place lit up like a Christmas tree <laughs> like everybody that was in there was there to go to that GNR show and like inside of two songs people were like you know, talking and and having a riot, like buying rounds of shots for total strangers and stuff. And like, is this like when you played Crazy Bitch at an Applebee's? <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly the same. That, yeah, this. So I felt like that when we went and seen Garth here because yeah, we're yeah, all just yeah. walking. All the droves of people are just going into the like. Yeah. It was awesome. I don't think there was anybody downtown Detroit. That no, wasn't there like, yeah, everyone. Well, yeah, Garth that night. Yep. I wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I saying. Was, I'm just just. I, I was there wrong. and I didn't go see them. So. You slept through them, right? No, I was at the casino. Oh, okay. Waiting. You know, where did you? Where did you thought you fell asleep? At? That was the first time. Yeah, that was oh, the second time. She was no, no, the she second time. I was like, time. I'm not paying. Yeah, see, I'm not she's paying for now. Twice. She fell. She fell asleep in 2014 when he came back for the first time in over a decade mm-hmm. and sold out six shows at Joe Louis Arena because everybody was that excited to see him. Michelle took up a seat and then passed out. <laughs> And then the second time, she was like, well, I'll just be at the casino while you entertain 70 She's like, fuck it, I'm going to sleep through this anyway. I'm <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not paying to take a nap. <laughs> might, as well, might as well be. Uh, is there a band you would travel specifically to see? So if there's a band you love and they're playing L.A. and New York only, is there a band that you can think of that you're like, you know what, I would travel specifically that far to see that band? Off the top of my head, I, I think that I would travel to go see Slipknot. Pretty again. much. Yeah. Even if they, if yeah, they were doing I, just the whole... They put on a great show. The one I can think of for me that comes to mind, the reason why that question popped into my head to ask was because uh, the only time I ever got to see David Gilmore in person was on the Floyd tour in 94, and then he just never toured the U.S. again with Pink Floyd or otherwise, and then the only time that he ever toured the U.S. again, he only played New York and Chicago, and I was like, well, I'm going to one of these, so I went to Chicago specifically like to see... David Gilmore, what about you, Michelle? Is there anybody that you would go, you would travel specifically to see that band? Like if they were only playing in LA, you would still go? Yeah. Boom. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of bands. It's a discussion show. Feel free and discuss. <laughs> I, I mean, mean who, who comes off the top of your head? And you can't say the Lone Bell. I know. I was like, that's the one we've, we've gone to see. I, I've seen. Uh, Kings Leon. I would definitely go see Kings Leon, brand new. Um, Phileo we saw in Chicago. Um, but I'm saying you would go like if yeah. they, the only show they were doing is in LA. Mumford, you would go that far. anywhere Mumford oh, yeah, plays. Yeah, I would imagine that. Yeah, yeah. anywhere Mumford plays, I'll go. Um, you kind of answered this earlier, Aaron, when you were talking about like going to lengths to see Maiden and, and Ozzy. But is there yeah. anybody that you can think of that like if they were playing that far away, you would go specifically just to see that act? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, Do you, like the idea of flying to go to a show. Is not exciting. Yeah, like I'd like to drive and like do like the road trip thing. Like I, I would. So you're putting, yeah, like I a, agree with you're that. putting like a 500 trip. mile limit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and no, I go further than 500 miles. But can you make you a know. trip out of it? Like get get a, a camper van or whatever and take the kids and. Uh, I'm, I guess maybe I could. <laughs> I don't know. I don't feel like I would 
go that far, though. Uh, it's the reason why I brought the question I'm, like, up. really enthusiastic, and then I just said, drop off. And then I'm just like, nope, done, lazy. <laughs> what <laughs> is have that you ever, for you? Have you ever, you've seen Ozzy before, right? Yes. Well, okay. we did Ozfest, so we did oh, night yeah, song well, every day for fucking summer. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, personally? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it was there. So. <laughs> I didn't like go hang out with him. That's he what was, I'm saying, he like, wasn't like around. Like there was literally one time that he like walked through catering, and everybody was like, "Security came in, like, all right, Ozzy's gonna walk through. You can't fucking talk to him, so don't try to talk to him." Could you look him in the eyes? Uh, yeah, he just kind of did like this walk wave thing. He was, he looked like he wanted to, like he would talk to anybody. Yeah, he, it's probably His handlers what, were like, "No, thank you." Kind of. It was kind of like he was being shuttled through. Who's it? Is it Neil Diamond that you can't look in the eye? Oh yeah, that's one of many. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of many that, Fuck yeah, that. unless, like, uh, I have a friend of mine that used to be the head of catering at the Palace of, like, uh, uh, what's not catering, but uh, hospitality for the art, for the artists, mm-hmm. and we heard a lot of horror stories, and there were ones, a lot of ones where, like, you couldn't look the artist directly in the eye if you were working for them and stuff like that. Wow. So, well, actually, you know what? Maybe we're offending you. Is that on your rider? You didn't give us your rider ahead of time? Yeah. Can people not look you directly in the eye? They can't. And they cannot speak to us directly. They have to write it on post-its. <laughs> <laughs> One letter per post-it? Whatever. As long as it's on a post-it. And use uh, Microsoft Wingdings for, for, for letters. Yeah. So, do you, wait, I really want to know, do you have a writer? Like, I, you guys yeah, do you, you, it's kind of like a normal thing. You have a writer. So what's our, the craziest thing on your writer? On our writer? Yeah. Naked pictures of B. Arthur? Uh, <laughs> Protein oh, no, shakes, no, that's, that's, that's Protein shakes. Actually, cans of tuna fish and protein shakes is probably like... Do you eat the tuna fish? Yeah. <laughs> your, your I'm going to go. I don't like it. Yeah. You can ask my wife. I don't fucking like it. Why do you eat it? Because sometimes there's not really a lot to eat. So like, you, can, you can open a can of tuna fish. You kind of know what you're it. getting. I don't like it. Yeah. His face when he said, Yeah. <laughs> I'm you gonna, put down more food than anyone I've ever met, and you just eat cans of tuna fish. <laughs> I mean, that's not the only thing you eat, but there's like, you know, you're on tour, you're trying to kind of eat good. Remember when you wanted to have a donut eating contest? Yeah, I wish we would have done that. We should have done that. I wish we should. So we, I'm going to try sure. real hard to bring this back in. <laughs> <laughs> From where we oh, just were. I see were. when it's something I want to talk about, we got to bring it back in. Yeah, well, because we have a main topic that we're sticking yeah, to, donuts. which is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Next week's topic is going to be Michelle's favorite donuts. We had socks on our rider before. We tried that. And? Uh, we didn't really get them. People didn't <laughs> you know what? And I, I promise I'm not being funny. This is like on topic and your uh, what you're talking about. Is there a difference like when you're playing a festival to when you're playing like if you're just in town playing some club? Like as far as like your rider goes and what you want for playing the venue, like do you find better luck with the smaller places that maybe have a more personal touch or – or is it just about the same? Either Festivals way? are different because they usually have like massive catering for all the bands. So right. like the food stuff, they don't really worry about that. Like we actually would usually get like batteries and like some protein shakes and like sport drinks and Wait, stuff batteries? like that. Yeah, because a lot of the equipment uses batteries. Oh. So I, it's a pain in the ass to try to like go to a store and like find batteries. So you just put them on the rider and every day if you get like two nine volts and like some AA batteries, like you're good. Wireless so, stuff and pedals. And yeah, whatnot. it's just it's just out of convenience. That's why we had the socks because carrying <laughs> like dirty laundry sucks on tour. So if every couple of days like someone gives you a pack of socks, you can just throw your socks away. Like it's a lot more convenient so, than you think. Do you have different riders for different like for the festivals and then for the smaller venues? Mm, I think it's just one, and the festivals like you're not. They really, just don't give a you're shit. You're not going to get all that stuff. <laughs> you're going to get like because your food's provided, and yeah, like yeah. like some of them have like amazing, like in Europe especially, like they hook you. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. But, like, you get, like, crazy buffets like of Like filet mignon and, like, tell uh, steaks. There and... has been prime rib before yes! at, at, some, mm-hmm. at some venues. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's awesome. Yeah. Tell so, me you're not a big band. You're getting free prime rib. That's <laughs> well, been... it was prime rib for, like, other bands, and we just go get the prime rib. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So, it's for me. as far as, and I know you, you uh, made this clear ahead of time that you're not real good with, like, remembering names of venues and whatnot. Yeah, and, awful. And, and you know what, like... Uh, and I'm not making a joke out of what we were talking about where, like, you know, we view you as being in a big band and you're like, no, we're not big. But you've played hundreds, if not thousands of venues, right, all over the all over the world? Yeah. Okay, so it's got to be forgivable to forget, you know, the names of, of every place. Yeah. Do you so. have a favorite place to play? Maybe not even a venue, but maybe a city? So I'm, I'm going to remember things a little bit different. So I remember the shows because of the time that we had kind mm-hmm. of thing so not really like venue and the amenities and things like that like i remember how crazy a show was or how awesome the people were um different how good the food was really like we kind of we, yeah. ga- we gauge a lot of towns on how good the food is sure <laughs> it's stupid but it's that's like the food is also because when you're not a good because when you're touring awesome. in many ways a hotel room's a hotel room a van's a van and a stage is a stage uh-huh. but what it's what happens around you that kind of yeah like those are just the things that facilitate what happens you yeah. know what i mean so like that what happens is kind of what i remember mm-hmm. i don't know like it to like a house of blues for we played a bunch of house of blues or a couple anyway they're awesome like but it's kind of like they're sort of the same. Like, you go to right. House of Blues here, it's the same as the House of Blues there. We don't really belong in a place like that sure. anyway. What's awesome about that place is they treat you like you're somebody. Like, you go there, they don't give a shit who you are. You're the opening band playing at Doors for fucking whoever, and they treat you so nice. And they have all this shit, and they just, like, just all the nicest stuff. That's so that's awesome. really cool. But that the show there is not awesome because right. it's not, it's, not a, it's, it's made for somebody... That's a higher caliber, like doing some cool shit, and like we just want to jump around and throw shit and walk on people, and like so it's not it doesn't like our vibe doesn't really fit there as good. Sure. So even though it's the most pristine, amazing place with like the best showers and you know spotless. Wait, toilets, are there showers at venues? Yeah. Mind blown. You, what do you think happens backstage? Is think just a it, door lets them out is, to the bus? It's yeah, like a, it's mus- like a toilet. It's, it's a musician's like a truck stop. Think of it like that. <laughs> well, a lot, think There's about like, like if the, you're on a bus tour, you yeah. don't have a shower. Yeah. So the venues usually will have showers, or they do like a hotel thing where you get like a day room and you can go shower. 
That's if you're on a bus tour, which uh, we're not often on a bus tour. It's usually a van. Hmm. So Kind of just offhand mentioned uh, backstage, at least in my experience. Would you think most people would be surprised how mundane, quote-unquote, backstage actually is? Yeah, so watch the Rush documentary, mm-hmm. and when they talk about the backstage, that is exactly what backstage is like. Yeah. There's one band maybe that's a party animal like Kiss or something doing all this shit, and then most of them are like Rush, and we want to hang out where it's fucking quiet. The last thing I want to hear is loud shit and people throwing stuff around. And you like watch a movie or like read some book. Well, I don't really read books very much, but it's about, uh, watch. You know, like you have to watch some movies or like do something. I don't know. Um, it was like because a friend of the show Bumblefoot was in GNR for a long time, and the very first time that he gave us like after show passes, I was like, "Oh, we're gonna go backstage at a GNR show, and it's gonna look just like everything I saw on MTV, and it's gonna be amazing." And then I got backstage, and I was like, "Man, that show was awesome." I'll lower my voice. All right. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry. Like, you know, it was just, like, totally quiet. It's like a room full of people sitting on couches, like, texting and barely talking to each other. Yeah. And, yeah, it was just like, oh, all right, well, this is not at all what was advertised in the Def Leppard video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is there a venue, like, not on tour that's overseas that you can think of or maybe a city you would want to go back to because of your good experience there? Oh, uh, there's, I mean, almost anywhere in France, We the last decade we've had amazing experiences in france i don't know why but for some reason we do really well there uh past summer because you're a big deal oh my god like all <laughs> assume assume i'm not going to beat the joke to death um all all told what like is it the people there like the the, the come to the shows or your or, or the the experiences like the the hospitality or what, what was it that made france uh, better you, i mean the hospitality hospitality is good but that doesn't matter like it doesn't if, if, if you know, the venue treats you shitty, it doesn't really matter. Who cares? Like, we're, so gonna, more we're still going to play a show and stuff. Yeah, the shows are just, they're crazy. The people lose their shit. And there's this place, I think it's called The Secret Place in France that we played, where it's like this little compound. It's in, like, an industrial area, and there's, like, this metal gate. And then you go through there, and you go into this, like, courtyard, and there's weird, like, food truck trailers, and then, like, an outside open bar. And then the venue's this, like, little small thing over to the side. And upstairs has, like, rooms where bands practice. And it's, like, this whole, like, kind of vibe thing. That's awesome. And, but the club is probably maybe twice the size of this basement. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's not it's not huge. So it only hold about 4,000. <laughs> I think probably. We're trying to sound bigger than we are. <laughs> No, you say a couple hundred, uh, probably, probably a couple hundred people. Yeah, and it, but it's like, and it's super hot, and like, there's no air conditioning in Europe anyway. So like, you're already you're drenched in sweat literally before you even touch anything. So just the overall vibe of and the show, and like, so. you know that things are gonna fucking go crazy before you even play. Like, you already know. Like, you can see like anticipation. And you like know people are gonna go nuts. That's awesome. And you're like, that's that's what I want. That's like, right. That's 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 the way to do it. So places like that, I think, are that, that's just. That's what I've like. Come, you would you would go like. back to that area to see a show? Oh, I would want to see it. No, I want to well, play it. Yeah, well, no. Well, <laughs> okay, well, where would be in that? Where would you? Want, is there anywhere over in Europe that you would want to go to see a show? To see a show? See, I specify. Yeah. Um, no, I don't. I don't think no, any, like, I would just go just to see it. I, if I was going to see a show, I could just see it here. It right. Yeah. Be, it's kind of the same. Is there anywhere I know? I think you're the only one of us that's been over there to see shows. Uh, is there anywhere you would want to go that you haven't been in Europe for a show? No, I don't really know anything. Like, I don't know of any big places over there. So, like, see, like I be... would, I would love to go see a show at Wembley, either arena or stadium. Okay, that's like the one place. But like, yeah. I would um, only want to see Queen there. Well, that's not happening. Pass. <laughs> yeah, um, and like the Cavern Club, I would like to go to just because that's where the Beatles played and, and stuff like that. But I would, I would, I would love to do a whole like tour of uh, 
England in general, just for because I'm into such a, a lot of the classic rock that came from there. But I would love to see uh, at least a show at Wembley. I wouldn't say no to any, anywhere over there. <laughs> Salad. <laughs> Salad. Is there anywhere, Kyle, you want to go overseas that you can think of for sure that you would want to go see a show? The, literally the only thing that I can think of that is overseas is O2 Arena in London. But that's just because yeah. the weekend like sold that out, and mm-hmm. that, to me that was a big deal because I saw him at St Andrews. Mm-hmm. I'm like, holy shit! Like within like three years, he went from this place to the fucking O2 Arena. Yeah, but I don't, I don't even know. I like, I've never even been overseas, so I couldn't tell you what is where and anywhere or anything. I was ramping up to seriously make a good effort at seeing one of the MJ shows at because uh, he was booked in for like fifty mm-hmm. at the O2 Arena, uh, and I was uh, seriously thinking about that because I would be able to knock out uh, Wembley because O2 is the new version of Wembley yeah. Arena. So I was seriously thinking about that, but obviously that didn't happen. But there's so many bands that are uh, huge over there that are not that big here. It would almost be kind of cool to see. Like like we went and saw the Scissor Sisters at like a 2,000-seater here, and over there they play like 50, 20, 50,000-seaters. Was that the Royal Oak? Yeah. Okay. So it would be sweet to go over there to see them like in a yeah. much bigger environment. To, to be honest with you, my ideal uh, concert experience not overseas would be just to go to those grungy like shithole clubs in L.A. and just see all the like rock bands and shit in those tiny little bars. You know, we went to L.A. just I on very vacation much like uh, two or three years ago and uh, we you know ran the Sunset Strip like you know just to see everything but we did. We walked into like the Whiskey and the yeah, Rainbow yeah, just, and yeah, all those places and uh, at least for me those places lived up to exactly what you think they're going to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we walked in the Whiskey in the middle of the daytime and it was like uh, three feet in the door, you were like, why are my feet sticking? To the floor? Like, why is everything sticky? Yeah, I wanted to be like, excuse me, could someone please clean? Uh, no, we don't clean up at the whiskey. Though. Right, that's my bad. Did you but ever like, get to go to CBGB's? Uh, no, I would love to. Oh, it no, was, it's gone now, right? Yeah, it's gone now. Yeah, never mind. Ah, oh, damn, yeah, it that was, was awesome. It was awesome. The only venue, twice. The only ah, venue I've so ever cool. been to in New York was uh, the Hammerstein Ballroom, which is like probably around the same size, but uh, not nearly the history. Yeah. There were some ECW shows that were done there. I think that the most that the Hammerstein Ballroom is done for. Uh, but uh, tell us about playing CBGBs, for Christ's sake. It was awesome. I mean, it is, it is. there's no amenities. I mean, I'm sure you've stories about the bathroom. <laughs> you know, like, I, mean, it's, so I don't believe it's, it. It's like when you strip that shit down and like n- none of it matters, and it, you're just going to play a show. Like you're, and it's going to be fucking crazy. Like you can, like the place just has like its own energy kind of thing. So it's just one of those spots. I was just like, going to ask you that because yeah. like I'm really big on that. Like uh, when you go to Hitsville, USA, downtown, like you, the building has its own energy. Like when you walk in there, you can feel like Marvin Gaye and Jackie Wilson and the Temps and the Tops. Like you can feel it in the air. Is CBGB's that way? Like yeah. can you you can feel the the punk. Yeah, I mean it's like or I mean, could. The, whole, the whole inside was tagged up and graffiti and stickered. So. I mean, just by looking at it, you can tell there's been a million people through the door of this place. And, like, you can just it's – it's a big plywood box stage. There's nothing sweet about it. The sound system was great, even though it's just, it's a small, kind of long, narrow room, which uh, is easy to make sound pretty good, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was just fucking loud, and it was awesome. But – and just people – it had, like, its own crowd. Like people would just go to CBs because there's going to be a sweet yeah, show there. there's going to be a show there, yeah. And it was, it was nuts. Like, it took probably 10 minutes to get from the front to the back just to weed through all the people. And it was, it was before great. before Michelle asks, uh, how were the shower facilities? Oh, there's no showers. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say that. Did you clean up be... in the mop bucket area? 
<laughs> nice. Would you say that that's probably one of your favorite places that you've played? Or when you, I love it just because it was like I, I got there. I'm like, I can't fucking believe that I'm in this place. For the first band that I played in there was a band that did a few U.S. tours, and that was it. Um, I don't know how we ended up getting a show there, but we played a Sunday matinee show, and we're just like, this is fucking amazing. Like mm-hmm. even just seeing the awning. I mean, like you never even thought at that point. I mean, that was the first tour I think I'd ever even been on. We went to the East Coast, and even just seeing the front of the building, like I never thought I'd see that with my own eyes, even. You right. know? So I'm seeing that. I'm like, Jesus Christ! And then you go in there, and I'm like, this is, this is fucking it. This is. There's so much shit that's happened here. Did you have any venues like that when you started out that you were like, one day I want to play there, or did they just kind of happen and you were like, holy shit, I can't believe I'm playing here? Mm, yeah, I'm sure that I did. Yeah, I, I don't know which, but I, I would I say as they came, you probably were like, holy crap, we're here. Yeah, I mean, we did, like, the L.A. thing and, like, the whiskey and Troubadour and all that stuff. And we're like, holy shit, like, we're playing this legendary place. Like, this is fucking crazy. Like, yeah. we shouldn't be here. Playing, like, the same stage that launched, like, the doors and so on. Yeah. Yeah, that's rad. Yeah, I would totally go to uh, – I would go out to L.A. just to go to shows specifically at those places. Like, yeah, when we, when we planned that trip, it was like, I just want to go see them. You know, they were, I didn't even look to see who was all playing where. But even, like, uh, the Sunset Strip's got, like, the Comedy Store. And, you know, like, there's just so many different iconic venues right in that one little area. Yeah. That would be sweet to go see uh, any band. That's for damn sure. Is there anything I haven't touched on venue-wise that you guys were like, oh, man, I really wish he would have uh, brought this up? I just or have one question for yeah. everyone. What's your least favorite venue? Oh, boy. Um, I can tell you mine. Mine is the Blind Pig. Oh, you know, that probably is my <laughs> The Blind Pig probably is my favorite. I have favorite. not seen a good show there. Like, the, it's not necessarily even the artist's fault. Like, it's just the crowd is always shitty. The sound sucks. I don't know what to do. I like, think that's like the allure of that place, though. It's not supposed to be a shitty? great... Yeah, it's not supposed to be a great music venue. It just has way, like, deep musical history. See, and I, ha- I have seen a couple of good shows there, but it was when there was... Uh, the problem with the Blind Pig, for me, is they'll just oversell everything. That's... What, yeah. Everything. It's, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, and it's just insane how bad it gets in that building. And uh, But I've seen a couple of, like, much smaller shows there that were... Uh, a lot more comfortable. Yeah. But yeah, I, like we've seen the Lone Bellow 20 sometimes and the worst show we ever saw was, was in that venue thing, yeah. and it was 900%. I saw Anderson East there and the crowd just sucked. Like they just, they were um, screaming for Miranda Lambert, which I know it's not his fault, but then like you couldn't even see him. You couldn't hear him over people. Just, it was just awful. Do you have a least favorite? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. And I, I, oh, it's, here it's, it comes. It's completely uh, different perspective. Sure. So yeah. um, anywhere in Switzerland, pretty much. Oh. And it's not because of the people or the, like the people are great. The crowds are great. The people, the venues treat you awesome. There's nothing wrong with any of that stuff, but they have a DB limit there. Oh. That is like a barely above a speaking voice. It's you Holy have to turn shit. your shit down. So that like they look at the drummer and be like, can you turn your snare down? Can you make your <laughs> snare quiet? Because yeah. you kind of played to the snare. Yeah, 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 you yeah, can't yeah. turn that down. So everything else you can adjust. The snare is kind of, it's what it is. So if the snare is loud, which our drummer hits really hard, and he plays a giant metal snare, and it's loud as fuck. So you have to turn up so that you can hear more than just a snare, and that you're you're trying to inch things up, and they're turn, telling you to turn it down, and like their their DB limit, it's under a hundred. So it's like and specific to what you guys do, that doesn't. No, jive. I mean you can like hear your feet on the stage <laughs> when you're walking. Like it's it's yeah. and it just takes the it just sucks the life out of everything. Do you guys are you even able to power through and put on anywhere near the same show that you normally would? Mm, I don't. You try. Yeah. I don't know. I 
I, I guess I'd have to be on the outside looking in yeah. on that one. But it, I mean, if the crowd's cool and like they're going crazy, you you can, you can kind of trick yourself into forgetting about it. But it's That's hard. So what crazy. happens like, if you break it? Break what? Like the, the, if you go oh, louder. they get they get fined. They can get like shut down, and like the venues get mad because like, they'll, they'll get in trouble. I'm stuff, so amazed so. by this. Like. I, are the crowds just quieter? Then? Does nobody yell or clap or? I mean, scream that's their or... norm, so I guess that's just what they do. I mean, they. I, I think they're appreciative. They make noise. And no, stuff. I'm not saying that they're not. But like, if that's what we grew up doing, like you don't go crazy at shows, then that's just what yeah. all you know. I don't think it's. I, I don't think the dB limit pertains to the human noises. So I think they're all right. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, I, but it's the it's the the instruments. But how like, can you like, go crazy for a show that's like yeah. whispers? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why I don't like yeah. to play in Switzerland. Yeah. What about you, Kyle? Do you have anywhere that you would prefer to never go see a show again? No, I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that I would never. I would never. Oh, I would you not know what? Never. You know what? I can. I, I, I was just thinking to myself, like, no, there's nowhere I would never go to yeah, a show yeah. again. Uh, I just realized there is one place, and I'm pretty sure you're on the same page. With I, me. I just want to say that I would go to a show. The Blind Pig, it's my least favorite. Okay. Right. Uh, you know where I don't think you're ever going to go to a show again? The place that we saw the Lombello for Brandy. No, for Brandy Carlisle. Uh, oh well, that you're just mad because they wouldn't let you drink in the parking lot. No, I, like, I've seen a couple shows at L Club. I like that place. No, I, I'm not a fan. That's well, another one that they just oversell. They oversell. And the way it, the way it's so awkward with those two walls that almost block out over half the crowd. Anyways, well, don't hang out by the fucking bar. <laughs> that, that's that's the bar. Uh, all right, all right, excuse me, sir. Participate in the venue. You know, like know. get in there. I don't know if you know who you're dealing with, but oh, you, know, like, you know, I will say I'm not a fan of that place uh, that we've seen. Um, no. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Magic Bang. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I like the magic. Oh man! man. Yeah, well, I, I like the magic again. I like for, it when it's not oversold. Yeah, yeah. So that for Parker what, Millsap show yeah. we saw was perfect. So that show was awesome. But like, I, I don't know the way it's set up and like the weird seating, and then, and then there's like the weird standing here. I, I don't. I saw Jen Whitmore like there, and it was packed, but it was amazing. Not my favorite. Yeah, I've been to plenty of really good shows there that are oversold, but I just hang back by the bar, not specifically for access to the bar, but because well, the, the bar's... Well, yeah, but the bar's, right, <laughs> the bar's right by the front door. So, yeah. like, I, I've been to more than a few shows at the Magic Bag where I'm like, uh, if this becomes a fire situation, the door's <laughs> yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Where do we see New Fung Glory? Because that was cool because there was an outdoor part. I couldn't even begin to tell you. I think it was the magic something. <laughs> the ma- the ma- oh, the magic stick, the one above. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there you yeah, go. The one yeah. Place, oh, I like seeing shows there. Yeah. I like playing there, too. It's The one that's upstairs, right? Yeah. It was a techno club, and now it's back to being a concert hall? Yep. Yep. Yeah. yep. Have you guys ever been to the Pike Room? No. Where's that? Uh, Pontiac? No. Real small. It's a couple it's, hundred. It's so I like it because it, the stage is literally this tall. I'm and I'm holding my hands up and like to like two foot tall. That's like and so a you're playing shelter. like the ba- yeah. It's the same kind of thing as the shelter. The nice. band is literally directly right in front of you, which which depending on who you're seeing could be awesome. Right on. Actually, I thought of one that I don't want to play here. Oh, uh, go ahead. is the Majestic Theater? Oh yeah. It, it's it's. It's awesome. It's fine. Like the people that work there, everything's cool except for when you're on stage and you play there because the room is very shallow. Yeah, and it's set up real weird. There's a, a slapback happens. Oh. So when you when the the sounds are coming off the stage, they hit the wall and bounce back at you. And because it's so short, there's still quite a bit of volume there. Yeah, and it's loud enough that you can hear it over monitors over. 
instruments over everything, and it's fucking it's a challenge. It's it's a challenge to play there because yeah. you can fuck yourself up and get lost and like I've weird seen, shit uh, happen. So that's the only reason. Other than that, it's great. Is that where I saw El King? Yeah, that was probably a problem. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the best sounding show I ever went to at the Majestic was um, I saw the Revolution probably about a year after Prince passed, and they sounded freaking fantastic in there. But other than that, yeah, I've never I can't remember ever going yeah. like, oh, that show sounded great. If you're a real band and you can afford the amenities to make things not suck. <laughs> probably, but you know, I just I'm I'm just, I'm, well, I'm, I'm saying with what we got. No, I'm saying that's the only <laughs> band I can remember making the room sound good. Everybody yeah. else I've ever seen there. I've seen shows there and it's been fine. It's just the experience of playing there. I saw a Buckethead there once with a, uh, he plays to a backing tape and Doesn't it still sounded like ass. Uh, no, the guy opening for him uh, played the yeah. tuba. No, no, what no. the fuck? Uh, but tuba Bucket, Bucket plays to a backing tape and he still had well, issues. I mean, think of what you're saying. Plays to a backing tape. Yeah. <laughs> so you're already kind of yeah. No, I'm just saying. Are you, are you <laughs> nothing saying? against Bucket? No, well, I got a lot against Bucket. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, uh, uh, so uh, to Kyle and Michelle, welcome back, uh, season two. Yay! Um, we're very excited. Uh, to Aaron, thank you so much for hanging out with us, brother. It's been fun, yeah, buddy. We uh, we appreciate it. We're gonna you know tag you on social media, and then we're gonna prove that you're a big deal because a bunch uh-huh. of people are gonna right. you go, go for it. I'm gonna put all, all your band information, the description, and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. People will be like, oh, I like that band because they're yeah. a big deal. Yep. Uh, so, <laughs> so, but we are hoping in the future, uh, hopefully as near in the future as we can hope for this type of thing, for Walls of Jericho to be back in action and uh, on the road, maybe get to that European tour you were talking about. I would love it. Yeah, right on. Uh, for listeners of the show, uh, as always, uh, we, we're not sure when, but Michelle's going to update the playlist. So by the time you hear this episode, what the day is today? playlist should be updated. Saturday. Um, so it, before the show. Yeah, before this episode comes out, you'll have a new playlist, and uh, we'll just put a bunch of artists that we talk about uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Ozzy and Duran Duran. And, I'll put a whole bunch of Walls of Jericho on there. Yeah, and throw some Walls of Jericho on there so you can hear Aaron playing that sweet, sweet bass. Uh, make sure, though, Slap that you the lo- lower the uh, the decibel level yeah. for those tracks, though. <laughs> for European listening. <laughs> yeah. Specifically Switzerland. <laughs> for those listening in, in Europe. So uh, we have the Spotify playlist and all that. So like I mentioned at the top of the show, um, we are really thankful for all the support we had where, while we were off. We have a lot of fun stuff planned for uh, Season 2, and this is merely the kickoff of it. So uh, we greatly appreciate it, and uh, we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. The Infectious Groove Podcast is hosted by Russ Robinson, Kyle Wimple, and Michelle Kosalecki. Produced and edited by Russ Robinson. Intro and outro music composed by Chris Kimmel. Opening credits read by Stacey Robinson. Recorded with the Road Podcaster Pro and Road Pod Mics. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 